everyone. Welcome back to Paranormal. I am your host, Marie Adaranti, and joining me today on the podcast is a very special first-time guest co-host, my little sister, Natalie Adaranti. Hey. Welcome to the podcast, Nat. Thanks for having me, guys. You're so welcome. Natalie is the podcast's number one fan. Number one fan. <laughs> it took her the reason for all my nightmares. <laughs> Took her a few months to start listening, I think, but you got there. Um, and today's episode is going to be a good one because it's going to be all about aliens. And as soon as I told my sister that it was going to be aliens, her response was immediately, but why? You're not, never going to fall asleep again <laughs> because it is my greatest fear <laughs> to be abducted by aliens. But that's what we do on this show for you guys because... You know, we care about you so much. And we had a few people write in with um, alien abduction stories. Well, not I, I don't think there's so much abduction stories, but they're alien stories. And so we're going to give you those today. And the hometown haunt, um, I just looked up like a story about like an alien abduction in that um, town. And it was a town that we have had featured on the podcast numerous times so I just found like a really short funny story to kind of end it with um but yeah so that's what we have going on for you today and that's about it I like it great so we'll just jump right in I think Natalie's live snapchatting this podcast nope oh good Um, insta storying oh what's your what's your instagram handle we'll give you a shout out go ahead it's at n v duranti do you want people to follow you i mean you can sure (laughs) i just it's a weird thing to say that one so um and just make sure you put duranti not dur like d-e-r because i've had people email me like oh you say your name add duranti and so i put in Adorante. Yeah, it's Adorante, whatever. Adorante. Anyway, so there we go. Oh, I just got mentioned in Natalie's story. I can only imagine what is about to happen. (laughs) Go check it out, guys. You guys are so cute. Uh, Speaking of Instagram, Natalie just asked me before we started recording if Paranormal had an Instagram account, and I said that we don't. But you should. You think I should? I think you should. My thing is, technically, paranormal, like, even though Victoria is on the podcast, like, almost every week. Not every week. (laughs) (laughs) Technically. Where you at now? (laughs) Hmm? Um, Technically. Have fun in London, Victoria. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Victoria is in, she actually, I'm going to circle back to that because I was in the middle of something. So. (laughs) Circle on, wait. okay. So I technically paranormal is just my podcast. Victoria is a frequent guest on the podcast who I also like to make feel guilty if she doesn't come and record with me, but it is my podcast. So I just felt like if I'm just one person, I don't need like an account, but I suppose I could get like an actual account. Mm -hmm. So now I'm just trying to think of what we would post. Yeah. Maybe get your own paranormal Twitter. 
Well, also, well, a lot of people are like, here's a photo of like, yeah, like something I captured, do right? And then you could tell the story on it and like post a picture, a sneak peek of one of the photos we'll be talking right. about this week on my right. podcast. Right. But not everyone does have one of those, but whatever. Right, for the people that do. So what I'm basically, why I bring it up is to ask my listeners if they think that I should have a social media account for the podcast. Let's make a Twitter poll right now and tell your fans this to go vote. This is the thing. My Twitter and my Instagram are currently private. I just locked them down because I am going to be applying for a job again soon. I hear this. And yeah, I didn't want to get into it. But it's for like a social media position. So like whatever. They right? might be upset that you're private. They might want to see whatever. That's exactly about. why I put them private. <laughs> Make fake ones for the meantime. You're right. I should. But anyway, so just write me an email or if you like follow me on Instagram or Twitter and just like send me a message and let me know if you think I should. Tweet us. Get an Instagram <laughs> or a Twitter for the podcast. Okay. So. Let's dive right into it. Um, I'm going to read... You're diving in the shallow end. I beg your pardon? <laughs> I'm going to read an email that I got, and the subject line is, Mystery Man... Dear Loser. No. <laughs> <laughs> the subject line is mystery man aliens and a cleaning ghost oh my wouldn't you love to have a cleaning ghost please check out this dust <laughs> oh natalie oh my god ghost <laughs> yeah that was a ghost we're at natalie's house tonight by the way so anyways okay extra special edition the extra special off-site paranormal off-site. podcast Um, Okay, so the subject line is Mystery Man, Aliens, and a Cleaning Ghost, Oh My. And this one was a really, really unique email. I was very excited about it. So it starts, Hi Marie, one of your neighbors from the South here. I have to say I love listening to your podcast and I love the lighthearted banter you have with your guests. Y'all bring the comedic relief to some really scary shit. Keep up the good work. This is probably going to be long-winded, but I've got several stories to share with you and some are really fucking scary. I've pretty much been a magnet for bizarre and spooky shit my whole life. I had an imaginary friend when I was a young child, same, who I would play with and talk to all the time. See, I didn't. Did I you? would pretend to because you had <laughs> I had imaginary boyfriends. I still do. Same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, my imaginary friends' names were, do you remember? Dickia and Dorman. Dickia and Dorman. Like, who makes those up? <laughs> Me. You probably, there was probably freaky Doorman at the house. You never know. You may enter. Who's Dickia then? Like, I'm terrified of what that could be. <laughs> weird. You're weird. It's all. Uh, anyway. Uh, My family said I used to ask for a chair for him at the dinner table, an extra toy for him, etc. I'm not sure at what point I stopped, but I have a vague memory of playing with a little red-haired boy with lots of freckles in my backyard, and he kept climbing on top of our swing set and jumping down from the very top. I remember telling him to stop because he was going to get hurt and we would get in trouble. I recently asked my mom about that and who that kid was, and she had no idea what I was talking about. She said I never had a friend over like that, so part of me wonders if that memory is of my imaginary friend. 
Another creepy thing is the man that I see in my recurring dream. Pretty much as long as I can remember, I've had this dream, like a couple times a year, where I'm struggling to get up a hill and try as I might, I just can't make it to the top. Sometimes it's an actual outside grassy hill, other times it's a tall ramp in a building or whatever, but in each one there's a man with me encouraging me to keep trying. He's tall, olive-skinned, dark, somewhat uh, balding hair, and bushy eyebrows. He often reaches his hand out to me to grab onto me, uh, or to help me, but I can't quite reach it. Other times he'll just be at the top of whatever hill I'm climbing and call out, almost there, you can do it. I know, super sweet, right? But I can never make it and I always wake up shortly after I see him. I've never thought much of it until one time a couple of years ago. I was browsing Reddit or StumbleUpon or something and a post with a sketch artist drawing of a man caught my eye. I immediately recognized the drawing as the man who always appears in my hill dreams. Then, once I actually read the post, I was even further blown away. Apparently, that man is the exact same man that thousands of people all across the world have reportedly seen in their dreams as well. No, it's not. I actually found a website about him, www.thisman.org. What'd you say? Great thoughts? www.thisman.org. And it's a real website. It worked when she sent it to me, but now it's not www.thisman.org or just google oh my god oh my god did you find it yeah i'm so scared this website may be impersonating this mail to steal your personal information you should go back to the previous page no here this is it now no it's thisman.org in 2006 in new york the patient of a well-known psychiatrist draws the face of a man that has been repeatedly appearing in her dreams In more than one occasion, that man has given her advice on her private life. The woman swears she's never met the man in real life. That portrait lies forgotten on the psychiatrist's desk for a few days until one day another patient recognizes the face and says that the man has visited them in his dreams. He also claims he's never seen that man in his waking life. Blah, blah, blah. Psychiatrist. History. Is he mean? So he's nice. No. No, he's, he's always nice, nice to them. Yeah, he's super nice. Mm. There's like, he pops up in the X-Files series. He, oh my God, dreams. Yeah, like theories, dreams. All these people have had recurring dreams about him. Like, Well, now that he's known, they're going to dream about him. And in no. the news. Let's see. It says news. I'm scared. X-Files series pops up in Netflix. Flicks. I'm gonna oh dream God. about this guy now tonight. You might, because you've been having some weird shit. Anyways, um, so I found a website about him and it's all about theories, different sketches of him and others' stories involving his appearance in their dreams. Who is this man and why are so many people all over the world with no relation to each other, including myself, seeing him in their dreams? Crazy shit. That was like my favorite thing. Another story of mine is about my old apartment that was haunted by a kind and helpful spirit. When I was 18, I moved out of my parents' house and into an apartment with a couple of girlfriends of mine from college. The apartment Mm -hmm. complex itself was built in the 50s and had been maintained by the landlords with just the bare minimum, but it was cheap and felt good to have our own place. So we didn't really care. Almost immediately, weird shit started to happen once we moved in. 
creaky stairs that sounded like someone was walking up and down when in fact no one was, random knocking and shuffling sounds. We chalked it up to the oldness of the building and our neighbors who we shared a wall with, but then things started to go missing. Lights started flickering, and my friend's cat would hiss at nothingness, and we were admittedly a little spooked. So my friend's mom, who is very spiritually in tune, came over and said she definitely could feel an energy that wasn't our own inside. It wasn't evil, it was actually warm and inviting, but she saged our apartment anyway and said a little cleansing prayer and all was good. Literally all of the creepy stuff, like the cat hissing, the knocking, the shuffling, the lights flickering, never happened again. But instead, one by one, all of our missing stuff would show up again. Come on, and I just had chills. And literally dishes would get cleaned, laundry put away, hey, pillows rearranged. I just saged my house and my sink is full of dishes. <laughs> Not fair. Short end of the stick. <laughs> Sort Short end of my sage stick, damn it. <laughs> all the while, the three of us were either out asleep uh, out or asleep and none of us had done it it was weird and somehow cool and we would even joke with it and talk to the spirit and thank it for helping us out now here's my last story and it really takes the cake Ooh, this I is love the cake. alien ones i know oh. <laughs> what kind of cake the sorry red yeah. velvet no chocolate double chocolate Ooh. yeah okay it's the one that has me the most scared and you're probably going to hate it because it's about aliens. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. One night when I was around 20 years old, a friend of mine and I were up late just driving around, chain smoking and listening to music because we're from a small boring town with not much to do. We're not from a small boring town and we used to drive We used around. to do that all the time. We're probably not smoking the same stuff. But... It's not a small town, but it is kind of boring sometimes. Mm-hmm. There's vast cornfields surrounding where we lived and also a Love lake. corn. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I love corn. Love corn. The band or like no. the food? That's funny. Did you read the meme I sent you? No, oh. not yet. <laughs> anyway, the food, Marie. Uh, you know that my favorite food. Next I to love pizza. corn. We were driving the back roads to the lake and had tall corn fields on both sides of the street. There was nothing around for miles and it was pitch dark out. So my friend who was driving put on her brights in the car so we could see better. Just as she did that, something small and human-like bolted across the street a little ways in front of us from one cornfield and into the next. She She immediately slammed on her brakes and said, did you see that? Of course I had also seen it. We thought it was, of course. We of thought, course. Of, no, I didn't. Of course, see it. Of, course of course, of corn. We also. <laughs> yes. We thought. <laughs> we thought it was a kid due to the size, and assumed they must be lost or something. So we both got out and started. You idiot! And Sorry. started. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, sorry. So we both got out and started yelling, hello, are you okay? Do you need some help? Oh my gosh! But no answer. We didn't really see much other than just a silhouette because of how dark it was and also because of how fast it had run across the street. But we can both agree it was not an animal. It definitely looked like it was a small person. Okay, leave my house. We were a little weirded out, but ended up just driving away very slowly, still keeping our eyes peeled and thought maybe our eyes had been playing tricks on us. The next thing we know, there are several beams of light coming from the cornfields on the side of the street that we were driving on. 
Stop. It literally looked like about a dozen flashlights moving around inside the cornfield. And we were both like, oh my God, it really was a little kid and people are out searching for him right now. Oh my gosh. And then, just like that, the CD that was playing started skipping and the lights were in front of our car, above our car, and all around us. They were small, bright orbs of light about the size of a tennis ball darting around really fast. No one else was around. We both screamed, panicked, and drove away. Did you have camera phones? I looked back at where the lights were and they legit all darted back up into the sky and faded away. To this day, we both talk about that night and have no explanation for what we saw other than aliens. Come on, that is Side note, my friend actually never got that particular CD to play anymore. Come on. R.I.P. the Killer Mixed CD. I was just about to ask what CD it was. Anyways, thanks for taking the time to read this. I actually have so many more creepy stories. If you ever want to hear about them, just let me know. Stay woke, Mel H. Good story, right? Mel? That was freaky. (laughs) I've got a good alien story, not about, like, myself, but um, Stephen's mom. I don't think I've ever told this on the podcast before, though. Did I ever tell you this story? I don't know. So they lived in a cottage, like, way, way, way up north and, um, like, farther north than where they live now. Mm-hmm. And um, the one night, his mom woke up in the middle of the night and she said it looked like her whole, her whole room looked like a red light had been turned oh, on inside of it. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So she was, like, like, rubbing her eyes, blinking her eyes, and the light wouldn't go away. And so she just was, like too scared to move so she pulled the covers up over her head and like tried to go back to sleep and then the next morning um they couldn't find their dog which is like a he was like a uh oh my god like a a wired haired pointer or something like that and they had these bunk beds but the bunk beds didn't have a ladder you had to like jump onto the top like like literally like use your arms to like push hoist you up onto the top bunk and they opened the door to that spare bedroom and the dog was on the top bunk. Messed up. That poor pupper. Yeah. Poor little guy. Riley. Terrified. 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 Why would they do that? Like, aliens, can't you be cool? Like, why do you have to fuck with dogs? Natalie, they're going to come get you now. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> the dog was fine. He went on to live a very long life. Maybe they blessed him then. Blessed him with alien blessings. Mm-hmm. There you go recharged his or maybe they just grabbed like some fur off of him and were like here buddy here's a bed go to sleep and like placed him to sleep (laughs) don't you tell nobody (laughs) and that is mel's story and brenda's story that i just told you all right so this story i'm gonna let natalie read oh my god you know i can't read um it's from our old pal Atticus, and it's Can not we, that where long. where was Mel from? She just said the South. Oh, okay. I just want to know where those beans were. She can email me back. And okay. She'll, she'll listen. She'll email us back. I have people do that all the time where I'm like, my questions are as follows. And then do you right follow back. up on them after? Because I've heard you ask questions and then... Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, funny you should say that. No, but... A girl, Judy, from last week, um, was the girl who um, who had the missing motel. Like, the motel went missing after they stayed at it. 
So, oh, you didn't listen to that episode? <laughs> so of course, of her course. and her mom stayed at a motel when there was a storm coming and they like couldn't find anywhere to stay in this Shut up, this motel stop. state. Like so then she like had the receipt and everything and then like, the next weekend they went out to the same place. It was like a beach and they, they go? to the beach and they um they went to go find that same motel because they were going to stay at it again and they couldn't find it. It was just an empty parking lot. Like no Shut no uh, motel was there. So they asked locals and the locals were like, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then me and Victoria were like, what? Like, what the did fuck? Did they show her the receipt? Like, so Victoria, yeah, she still, her mom still had the receipt. She kept it for almost 10 years, she said. I'm just looking at the email right now. Okay. And then uh, Victoria was like, because I was like, that's so helpful. Like whoever it was, like maybe angels or like who knows, mm-hmm. right? And Victoria's like, yeah, but was her card still charged? Was her card still charged? Blah, blah, blah. And we were laughing. <laughs> and Judy wrote back, yes, her card was charged. What cucks? I would call <laughs> I would call this company and be like, the credit card company, and be like, I don't know what this is. Do There's you- nothing there. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me where this place is. Uh, I would... I would have to deep investigate that. Like, I could not just let it slide. Like, no. Ooh, dude. But I think it was, like, when she was a kid. Like, this is, like, before the internet, like, early I 90s, I would guess, from what mm-hmm. I gathered from this person. So, anyways. All right. So, in the next story that we have is from our good pal Atticus. And he has an alien story. And since Natalie doesn't have an alien story, I told her she could read Atticus's email oh, that's so to us. Soon. Well, it's too late. You're halfway through this now. Okay. Yeah. And then I have one other email to read from, from our friend Shelby. Oh my gosh. It's and then, Atticus. <laughs> and the doing? hometown haunt. Ooh, my faves, the hometown haunts. <laughs> okay. Marie and Victoria. Um. <clears throat> It's Natalie today. It's Natalie. It's Brittany, bitch. <laughs> Michael Scott. <laughs> I share a birthday with Brittany Spears. In case anyone cares. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. Marie and Natalie. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, guys. It's Atticus again. I had had something happen that I can't explain and want to share it with you. I messaged Marie right away and she said she'd like to hear all the details. A couple weeks ago, we had a barbecue at a friend's house after work. This is about uh, <laughs> an hour and a half, I remember. Oh, it says a hound. No, I a know. Half. Oh, sorry. But I figured That's, it out. Okay, an hour and a half southeast of Lancaster, New Hampshire. Sorry, Atticus. Um, Lan- uh, Lancaster is where the famous abduction story of Betty and Barney Hill took place. I took the bike out to the house as it was a beautiful night. I just want to know if it was like a motorcycle or an actual pedal bike. Uh, the house is a few miles because I feel like a pedal bike would be a lot scarier for this story. Yeah. Because like it's so much harder to get away. That's true. The house is a few miles down a dirt road out in the woods. While on my way down the dirt road and while we were all hanging out, I kept having this uneasy feeling like something was around or watching. Oh my God. It was about 10.30 p.m. when I got to the house. During the barbecue, nothing weird happened except for some gross smells while on the trail to the lake a short distance from the house. Somebody's farting. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Whoever smelled it dealt it, Atticus. I 
Sorry. I left to head home. <laughs> I left to head home at 2.30 a.m. as I had no alcohol or anything that night. And you stayed out till 2.30. Good for you. As I pulled the bike into the dirt road, Kate. Out of case I'm... Riding a bike alone down a dirt road. You're just asking for trouble. Clearly our parents. Like, I, I, we were <laughs> sheltered children. Sheltered us. I tell Stephen that all the time. And I was like, I don't know. Anytime I wanted to go to the park alone, mom would be like, are you crazy? Have you ever heard of Paul Bernardo? Like, there were so skinheads cool. in our neighborhood. So <laughs> that was my biggest fear in life. I was also the skinheads. Skin the skinheads. Okay, let's. I'm going to start this paragraph again. I left to head home at 2.30 as I had no alcohol or anything that (laughs) night. As I pulled the bike onto the dirt road leading to the highway, I got more of that eerie feeling. Irie. Something. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Oh, I said it so much. (laughs) Something in my mind kept telling me to keep an eye out. As I pulled down the highway, I noticed I could see my left blinker on in my mirror. I could see. Oh, my God. I tried a few times to shut it off, thinking water may have jammed it from the dew in the air. My stomach sank as I realized the light was facing me. I had noticed as I clicked the switch back and forth, they kept changing sides. There, And there was no headlight or shape of another bike behind me. Trying to figure out what the hell was behind me, I held my cloth and hit the kill switch. Allow, allowing me... To off the engine, but stay at speed. Okay, so we have confirmation it's a motorcycle. Or like an electric yeah, bike or something, but, whatever. But yeah. not a pedal bike. Yeah. All I heard we was silence. No other engine, no horn from another bike, nothing. I panicked and cracked my bike back on. Those lights had been close enough for me to touch. As I looked back, the blinker was gone, but now I could see a headlight behind me about two car lengths back, oh but God. there was no light from it shining on to or past me it was a single light just bobbing in the air oh Oh my god God. the thing (laughs) the thing followed me the entire length of the highway about 17 miles i believe every time a car would come toward me the light would disappear then reappear after we were alone again a couple times i actually saw it click off in this weird pink color and appear to go up and backward as it turned off. As we passed under traffic lights, the light would disappear and there would be nothing behind me when I looked in the mirror. As we got to the next town, the light had disappeared completely as there were more cars on the road. That had to be the scariest thing I had ever been through. We usually carry a sidearm while riding out here, especially at night, but there was no way in hell I was going to stop and let this thing pass or get close to me. I still don't know what it was for sure, but I have a pretty good guess. Side note, the incident in Lancaster happened to me on my birthday 24 years before me. Ooh. But, like, there's, like, a famous, I think, alien abduction Betty, story. Betty and, uh, yeah. Betty and Barney Hill. Yeah. So, uh, thank you for doing what you do. Be safe and stay spooky, Atticus. Thanks, Atticus. Atticus. So I messaged him on Instagram after and I was like, oh my God, like that's so creepy. And he's like, yeah, like, and my brother's a researcher. Oh my God. And even he was like, didn't really have an explanation for it. Scary. Like what kind of researcher? I don't even know. I have no idea, Natalie. I have so many questions all the time, guys. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Ask away. They might answer you.
so this one, there was no subject line for this one, but it is from uh, my friend. Well, not my friend, but oh my God, that's so rude. It's at the end of it goes your friend Shelby. So from my friend Shelby. We're not Shelby, friends. Fuck you, Shelby. We're not fucking friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Um, so, hey, Marie, longtime listener, first time writer. I love your podcast. You and Victoria are hilarious. And I find myself constantly laughing along with you too. You posted on Instagram that you are looking for alien stories. Well, do I have a story for you? I've held off sending this to you because you seem to be so afraid of them, but you asked for it. I live in Ontario, but I'm super close to Winnipeg. My house is about a 10 minute drive to the, to my closest neighbor. Super remote. One night while I was sleeping, I woke up to the sounds of murmuring. I opened my eyes and Stop. saw three human-like figures at the end of my bed. Now... These were not your normal alien forms. I'm not talking big heads and big eyes and skinny bodies. They were very, very human-like, but had slight differences. Their skin color was almost the same as us, but was tinted a color I had never seen before. Their eyes were like human eyes that had no pupils and were entirely black. Think of black-eyed children. Perhaps they are related. Their fingers were longer than ours, and their lips were smaller than ours, almost like a slit. And they were all bald. I gathered all of this info as I sat there, frozen, trying to scream, but I was unable to, no matter how hard I tried. One of them, who I think was the leader because everyone kind of trailed behind them, told me to, shh, we were just leaving. Telepathically, as their lips did not move once. One by one, they flickered and faded away, almost like they were coming through a weak TV signal. I told my parents the next morning, who said I was definitely dreaming, but I know that I wasn't, because other than waking up from the murmuring, I never woke up again, meaning I stayed awake from the time they left until the sun came up in the morning. Come on. I was too afraid to fall back asleep. I know, but I'd also be too, like... I've never seen them again, but I think of it, uh, but I think, but I think of it every day, because I just want to know what they wanted. Right? They never hurt me. So if I ever saw them again, I'd be much more inclined to peacefully communicate and give them what they want from me. Call me crazy, but maybe they'll tell me something about where they're from or take me with them. Given the state of the world we live in, I would welcome it. (laughs) Anyway, thank you for making a truly entertaining paranormal podcast that doesn't make me fall asleep. Your friend, Shelby. Shelby, I never want to hang out with you if those things come around. I am terrified. Terrified. <laughs> terrified. All right, guys. It's the hometown haunt. I guess My the hometown abduction. by aliens, I just remember. Tell us the story right now. I'm just waiting for her to text me a quick rundown back. Oh, but she like... is texting. The three dots are there. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll do the hometown haunt, and then if she gets back to you after that, like, hopefully she gets back to you by the time. And if not, then I'll just remember what I said. I'll just say what you remember. remember. Okay, because this one's super short. So I just, I literally just found this. Um, this apparently happened in Wait, is this a ghost hometown haunt, or are we doing an alien hometown No, it's an alien one. Oh, cool. Oh, so the hometown this week was L.A. again. So, it's <laughs> so, Los Angeles. And this one actually kind of has to do with a celebrity who says they were abducted by aliens. Who? It's not Tom DeLong. 
Um, why didn't we tell any Tom DeLonge story? We can. I can probably find one, like, right now. Yeah, wait, finish this one. Okay, so hold on. Let's see here. So this is actually a former New York Knicks player. Um, and his name is Baron Davis. And in 2013, he said that he had been abducted by aliens. He was on a podcast called The Champs. And uh, he said that he had been to a spaceship recently and said that at the very least he was with aliens when he was abducted while he was driving from Las Vegas to Los Angeles. Ooh, don't a lot of alien sightings happen in Vegas? Yeah, I think it has to do something with like the um, like stretches of empty space. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like why it's perfect to. Is that what? Where's Area 51? Don't make me zoom down. Oh, I don't. I I know like that Area 51 exists, but I don't know where it exists. Let's find out. Is it out. in Vegas? I feel like it might be. Can you cut that out? No, because <laughs> both of us didn't know. So whatever. Um, ba-ba-da-bum. The coordinates are in Nevada. So yeah, it's close mm-hmm. to Vegas. Yeah. It's in the same state. Um, okay, so let's see here. So uh, Baron Davis says, I was actually abducted by aliens two weeks ago. That was in 2013. Who's this? The celebrity still? Yeah, it's this okay. uh sport the sports player, I was gonna say. <laughs> You know, the sports player. He's the former New York Knicks guard, Baron Davis. <laughs> when probed for details, he explained he was driving from Las Vegas to Los Angeles in the early morning, uh, and this is what happened. And he, it's quoted, I see this light, and it's a, and it's a big-ass truck. Uh, I said, oh, fuck, this is going to be traffic, Davis said. Driving, driving, and the next thing you know, there's a steel thing and these crazy-looking people. Half human, half ugly looking motherfuckers. (laughs) They were poking me on the nose, looking at my eyes. They had my hands tied. And the next thing you know, I was in uh, Montebello, dude, burning rubber on the way back to L.A. at four o'clock in the morning. Weird. Yeah. And like, it would make, okay, first of all, for like celebrities to come out on a limb and be like, yeah, I was fucking abducted by aliens. Like, I would be so terrified that everyone was going to, like, write right, me like, off as crazy. Exactly. And, like, lose, lose your money. celebrity status. Lose all yeah. your endor- like, endorsements. Yeah. All and, um, it, and it would make sense for them to abduct a celebrity. Like, what makes no, you so special? It wouldn't make sense to abduct. You don't think so? They don't want if people he's to peak, know they're abducting them. But maybe they're, like, they're never going to believe them now. And, like, if you're in peak physical condition, they probably want to see, like... The perfect mm. specimen of human, right? They, they just want all aspects. Listen, of they're it. not going to be abducting Danny DeVito. Why are we? I'm not going to sleep tonight. <sighs> anyway, what's wrong with Danny DeVito? He looks like me. I love Danny DeVito. <laughs> Danny DeVito, I love your work. <laughs> all right, now let's read about Tom DeLong because apparently well, my friend he just says, me. "Okay, go ahead." Oh my God, it's long. What? No, 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 let's read your story first. It's a text. It's really not that long. Oh, you're right. What's well, a text? <laughs> <laughs> so she doesn't want me to say her name because she That's doesn't fine. want anyone to know. So she, it's just this is a Cole's notes. Version. That's fine. Is that what it's called? Cold yeah, notes? you got it. Mm-hmm. You're so smart. <laughs> so she fell asleep and woke up and saw something sitting on her bed. Oh, God. 
She goes, but I wear glasses, so it was a bit blurry, which is weird because in my dreams, I can always see. Okay. But at that moment, uh, I saw the way I see without my glasses. So anyway, it was a bit blurry, but from what I saw, it was this thin gray figure with a bigger belly, huge head, and I tried to scream, but I couldn't, oh, stop typing, but I couldn't move my whole body, I couldn't move my whole body, just my eyes couldn't move, like my legs felt like they were cemented to the bed. Oh, God. While I was seeing it, it felt like it found me because it had visited her brother before. Because her brother had told her, like... Oh, my God. Before, like, aliens have come to visit him, right? Oh, my God. I, so, I was freaking out and I tried to call out for my brother but couldn't open my mouth. And then it put its hands on my head to pet my hair. And it just was petting her and made her pass out. So, then I woke up, normal again, being able to move. So... The internet said it's sleep paralysis. So yet the next day I told my brother and he said he had the same thing happen to him except he was lying down on a silver table with the same things examining him. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. That's so crazy. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Okay. So apparently, I didn't know this. Apparently... But apparently, when, you know when Blink-182, so anybody who, like, doesn't know about Blink-182, like, they're, like, my favorite band. <laughs> and and um, they were back to, like, they were in, 20, in 2011, they got back together, they were touring again. Then, all of a sudden, Travis Barker, the drummer, and Mark Hoppus, the bassist and one of the um, vocalists, Same issued a press release saying that Tom DeLong was no longer going to be a part of the band and was replaced by Matt Skiba from Alkaline Trio. So this was a huge deal because it had only been the three of them for forever and ever and ever. I... And like Tom DeLong. He'd spent years pushing off like Blink-182 Blink related projects to concentrate on non-musical stuff and like... I just found out literally just now that that other non-musical stuff was that he decided to go and look for aliens. Oh, I knew this. I didn't know that. Yeah. But I knew that he had always been super, super, super interested in aliens. Mm -hmm. Like, had talked about them all the time, blah, blah, blah. So he actually thinks that aliens are already here. Oh, um, 100%. He has always been fascinated by conspiracy theories. He references the alleged 50s era, uh, era alien hunters on the enema of the state's aliens exist. And the whole, the sole album by Boxcar Racer, the side project, which was so good, um, was basically there, there was tons of lyrics about how he was frustrated with the lack of government disclosure about various secrets. Um, it, wow, it really was. Mm -hmm. And in 2001, album. he got married on Coronado, which is an island near San Diego. And it which was means... one time. <laughs> and one time it was the site of an alleged alien, abdu uh, alien abduction. Oh, I love you even more, Tom DeLong. Yeah. Um, around the time that he split up with Blink-182, he went full tinfoil, this blog says. <laughs> so he began giving like interviews about these conspiracy theory, uh conspiracy theories and um 
He became a curious footnote in last year's presidential election when a WikiLeaks dump of Hillary Clinton's emails revealed that he had been communicating with Hillary Clinton campaign chairman John Podesta about aliens, which in part led to him being named, get ready, UFO Researcher of the Year by OpenMinds.tv. Whoa. Last year, or last October, he made an appearance on Joe Rogan's podcast where um, he basically uh, talked about the aliens. He claimed that the first UFOs in American history were actually created by ex-Nazis that were living in Argentina and they were using alien technology. That the Cold War never erupted into violence because we were worried about an impending alien invasion. That he had spoken with a reliable government source who had seen a dead alien body. That he was once interrogated by the Mm -hmm. men in black for two days straight. That the ancient gods were actually aliens. And also, humans are descended from aliens. And also, by the way, there are aliens on Earth as we speak. Which I mean, that's a pretty believable theory. Like, listen. Like, hear me out. Like, it would make sense that if aliens continued to come here and check on us, that they put us here in the first place. Like, imagine if we released a type of living bacteria on a planet in the solar system that we knew could sustain life. And it did sustain life and it grew and they were intelligent. It would make sense that we would go back from time to time to see what they were up to, yeah, right? Yeah, they obviously put us here for a reason. Oh my God. I'm not saying I believe in it. I'm just saying I can understand the conspiracy theory. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when Rogan asked Tom DeLonge, why, would, why should anybody believe literally anything that he was talking about? Tom DeLonge claimed that he had a shadowy deep state or had shadowy deep state sources revealing all of this to him and they'd entrusted him and his company to the stars with slowly revealing the truth to the American public. And when Rogan pressed him about why anyone should believe that, he would say simply, you don't know what I know. That's fine. Given all of this, it's perfectly understandable why the general public might think DeLong was completely off his rocker. But even UFOologists, the community of amateur researchers and conspiracy theorists devoted to turning up every shred of evidence to be found about the existence of aliens, who, it goes without saying, are highly prone to paranoia and infighting, have mixed feelings about DeLong. Some think it's cool that he's a high-profile guy using his platform to talk about this stuff. Other things... Others think he's a huckster playing up his connections in an attempt to make money. Others still think he's a government so stooge spreading this information. Not. He's constantly talked about this, even when they weren't making money in Blink-182. That's, that's what I mean. Like, I, he's always been into aliens. I don't think it's to mm-hmm. make money. Mm-hmm. And, like, if he really was looking to make money, why would he leave the band? Because it's Blink-182. Exactly. And so, apparently... Apparently, because he was, like, the most famous person that would actually talk about aliens existing and shit like that, he became, like, um, like a target for people to make fun of, obviously, um, because he would make these grand pronouncements of impending government disclosure that never seemed to come true. That was until December 16th. Ooh, just after his birthday. When the New York Times dropped a report revealing that the government, at the behest of former Senators Harry Reid, Daniel Inouye, I don't know if I said that right, 
and Ted Stevens. We're Canadian. Yeah, they know that. Had been siphoning off millions of dollars per year to research UFOs. Whoa. Not only did DeLong seem to have correctly called that a disclosure was coming, the Times revealed that Luis Elizondo, the government's former point man when it came to UFOs, had left his work with the government and joined DeLong's company. Shut up. So he up. left his UFO government job government and job. joined Tom DeLong's company, which is called To the Stars. Now, I'm going off script here, by the way, for a second. Also, um, I find it really weird that when Donald Trump became president, listen, I'm not going to like get political. I'm just saying Donald Trump loves paranoia. Like he loves keeping people paranoid because they're easy to control when people yeah, are paranoid. Yeah, yeah. They look to their leader who's going to control it, right? But he, I feel like Donald Trump is also like a highly paranoid person. He's creating a space army. People know about his space army? Yeah. I think there's also different uh, alien races. Oh, yeah, 100%. I don't think they all look the same either. Yeah. Yeah, anyways. Um, So he has managed to attract some really serious people to the company. One of his co-founders is a former senior intelligence offer at the CIA. One of the co-founders. The other is a theoretical physicist who has consulted with NASA and was once enlisted by the CIA to research the insane phenomena of remote viewing. Something like a phenomenon. Uh, Pretty much everyone else that is affiliated with the company is either a former high-level government official, an acclaimed scientist, or both. The company's business model seems to function something like this. DeLong co-authors books, including the well-regarded Poet Anderson Young Adult Science Fiction series, whose proceeds help fund the research by everybody else, and the whole shebang is is meant to help our feeble sheeple brains cope with the massive paradigm shifts that will occur once the aliens show up. Does he give us a timeline for when they all show up? We're going to find out. To the Stars is also a public company. After listening to his interview with Joe Rogan, uh, this person actually bought some shares because he mentioned that they were really cheap. What he didn't say, though, were, uh, was that though shares cost $5 each, the minimum investment is $200. Hmm, maybe I'll invest once I have some money. Yeah. What am I recording? Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So then um, George Knapp, who's a Las Vegas-based journalist, um, who's actually won a Peabody, he um, has been said, or he's said that a lot of people think, like a lot of, Tom DeLong drives a lot of people crazy, but the fact is that he put this thing together. And this guy explained that he had multiple off-record conversations with um, a now-retired Reed, who was one of the government officials, about the program during his time in office and that he'd recently eaten dinner with Elizondo. Um, and this guy is, this is a quote that he said about his dinner with him. So Elizondo had been collecting UFO information for 10 years. And for the last year, he's been making preparations. He has been declassifying videos that have been acquired of military encounters with UFOs, putting them in places where they can be leaked out without getting him in trouble because he had a place to go with Tom DeLong. That's what really kicked off all these revelations that have come out. Elizondo worked directly for James Mattis. He loved that guy. I don't know who James Mattis is. Um, But he wrote a letter to him when he resigned saying, look, this UFO issue is really important. 
We're not putting enough resources into it. That is why I'm leaving to go work for Tom DeLong. Whether Tom's endeavor will work or not, we're going to have to wait and see. But man, he's really delivered, I think. So what is Tom's end goal is what I want to know. I think that they already said that, that he just to prepare has started. Us? Yes. Prepares how? Like, are these aliens coming to hurt us or just coming? I don't know yet. They might. They might be like, look, you guys fucked this place up so badly. It's irreparable. Bye. You or can't they be might be no like, more. we fucked our land so bad. That so badly that we have to come here. Or yeah. maybe they're going to be like, we're here to fucking help you fix this. But Donald Trump is going to be like, no, my money, coal. And then he's going to start like a space army. Mm. You know? Anyways, that's all. What an interesting, interesting read. Not Nothing scared me until I read all that shit about Tom DeLonge just now. I know, me too. Tommy. Everything else. I, no, you were terrified at the cornfield. So I want to know. <laughs> I'll never eat corn again. <laughs> I'm never eating corn again. <laughs> I just want to know. Are they going to hurt us? I don't know. I mean, there's good people and bad people. There's probably good aliens and bad aliens, you know? What is that book that Daniel made me read about aliens and I loved it? Oh my god, why? The Others? Is that what it's called? Probably. That's terrifying. It a good, no, it was a good book. I loved it. Alright. Well, that's about it, y'all. Thanks for listening to me, guys. Thanks for listening to Paranormal. Just gonna go back for a second. If you have any good ghost stories paranormal stories if you have any this man stories about that guy in the dreams let's do it this man one right oh my god a whole episode of this man stories that'd be good email me it's adorantim at gmail.com or you can find me on instagram or twitter it's at splendora underscore my accounts are private currently um but if you request uh to follow me i'll obviously accept it and um let me know if you think that we should get an instagram page or a twitter or something like that for the actual podcast and you can follow my sister natalie at nv doranti on twitter and instagram she's very funny on twitter she makes me laugh a lot i am funny on twitter guys just on twitter though not in real life (laughs) i'm funny in real life (laughs) and that's that thanks for listening stay spooky bye